Welcome to Golf Better at Worldwide Golf Shops, episode 230. Hello, everyone. Tom Purcell here. Thank you so much for joining us. Whether this is your first ride or you're a frequent flyer here on the Starship Golf Better, either way, we are just glad you joined us. Our guest today has become somewhat irregular on the show. He is part of the wedge division out at Titleist Golf. He joined us a couple times last year. Back again this year, Mr. Jeremy Stone. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining us. Great to have you. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Great to be here. Hey, you guys do so much research when it goes into building clubs at Titleist, and you guys specifically in the wedge division. But you you recently did a lot of research of the effects of time and wear on your wedges, didn't you? Can you talk a little bit about that? I'd be happy to. Uh, we uh, spend a lot of time figuring out how to make uh, the best clubs for golfers who are serious about their game, golfers who are looking to play their best, and whether that means you're trying to break 100 for the first time, 90 for the first time, 80 for the first time, or you're looking to break par every time out, um, our commitment to you is that we're going to do the research to make sure that you, you're at least armed with information and can make an educated choice about your clubs. And in the wedge category, there are so many things going on in wedges these days, whether it's you know progressive center of gravity in SM6 wedges or Bob's grinds that allow players to be fit. But one area that we spent a lot of time in over the last, probably call it nine months, is what happens to a wedge after a player has been using it for a period of time. And really what we tried to do is quantify it not by the calendar, but by the number of rounds played. Because everyone's you know, calendar year is not the same. There are some golfers who are fortunate to play 100 rounds of golf in a year. Some of us only get to play maybe 20 or 25 times per year. And so the wedges are going to, and the grooves on those wedges are going to wear down based on the rate of play. And so we found some really interesting data that you know, we would encourage all golfers, around 75 rounds of play, it's really time to start thinking about testing your grooves, um, and really all we're trying to do is encourage golfers to find a location where they can test their grooves so they at least know what their performance looks like based on their grooves and the groove where they're experiencing. Correct me if this statement is wrong. It used to be such a badge of honor to have that little dime spot on your wedge where you just hit it over and over again and you'd push your chest out and say, oh, look at this kind of thing. Well, I'm all over it. But this really does affect your rollout and the ability to stop the ball in the greens, right? No question. And I got to tell you, sometimes I wish I had that badge of honor on my wedges. It's, it's a little more scattered these days. Uh, but you're right. You know, when we see a better player's wedge or irons that have that nice dime sized or nickel sized mark where it's just like, gosh, that guy makes impact in the same place every time. Well, one, you know, look out because that player is going to be pretty darn consistent. But two, what that means is because you're hitting it in the same spot of the same face and the same grooves every time you're wearing out those grooves um, in the same spot. And for a lot of times in order to have earned that badge of honor, you know, those golfers are putting in some serious practice time as well. And so there's practice time ways into this, uh, the types of shots you're hitting uh, by that. I mean, uh, bunker shots where you are truly sandblasting your wedge. Uh, those bunker shots are going to wear out the grooves more quickly then, for example, a gap wedge that might only be hit, you know, hey, that's my 115 club. I'm only hitting it out of the fairway in the rough. So not all wedges wear out at the same rate either. And so there's, there's some complexity here 
that we tried to simplify down to, hey, around 75 rounds of play, um, start thinking about testing your grooves. And if you're out 100 plus, 125 plus, um, you know, we really have some information to share with you that I think most golfers would like to see some better performance out of their wedges. Yeah, just looking at some of the data you guys have with fresh grooves, you're looking at maybe a 10-foot rollout with a normal shot where you're look, talking 125 rounds where that face is worn down. You're up to somewhere near 25, 25 feet. Is that right? Yeah. So l- let's take a step back and look at um, how we went about doing this research. Um, you know, one of the things we wanted to identify is, is what do real golfer's wedges look like? So we went out and collected wedges from – a bunch of golfers that live, you know, are serious players, avid golfers. Um, you know, there were some that are, you know, double-digit handicaps, some single-digit handicaps. But what we did is we collected their wedges and we asked them, how many rounds have you played? Could you quantify the number of rounds you've played? And then we also asked them about their practice habits. Um, on average, we find that, you know, an avid golfer, they might be practicing once a week and playing golf once a week. So that's that was a good starting point for us. Um, we then did a face map of their wedges. So we looked at exactly what the angles of their grooves are, the depths of the grooves, all the different things that change how a groove spins the golf ball. And then once we understood what this looked like at various states of play, um, and we actually measured, you know, we measured fresh grooves, about 50 rounds of play, 75, 100, 125. I mean, ultimately, we ended up sharing 75 and, and 125 rounds. Once we knew what worn grooves looked like, we then went about recreating that exact wear pattern on SM6 wedges. That way, all of our testing was done with, with identical wedges. Um, so the testing I'm about to tell you about was done with a 56-degree F-grind with a Tor chrome finish and an S200 wedge shaft. Um, Then we went back east to our our test facility, the Manchester Lane Test Facility in Massachusetts, um, where they've actually built a wedge robot. Our golf ball team is so committed to short game performance um, that they felt like traditional swing robots weren't doing enough to kind of evaluate short, short game shots. So they built a wedge robot. And so we're fortunate, you know, we on the Vokey team, we get to partner with them on a lot of research. Um, So we went back east. We took all these worn grooves that we'd recreated with SM6 wedges, and we started hitting them. And we wanted to learn what would happen. And so everything we did, all the data that you can see on Vokey.com, all the data we're going to talk about today, I'm going to focus on a 56-degree wedge um, with fresh grooves, 75 rounds of play, and 125, 125 rounds of play. Um, And we were hitting about a 60-yard golf shot. Um, partial shots can be where, you know, groove where really starts to show up. Um, it'll show up in full swing shots, but certainly when you're in those partial, you know, precision shots, you're going to notice this the most. So on that 60 yard shot, what we noticed is that a fresh set of grooves, brand new grooves, you get that nice drop and stop that, that everyone's looking for. Golf ball hits once, takes a hop forward and just stops on a dime. When you get out to 75 rounds of play, your launch angle starts to increase a little bit because the golf ball's rolling up the face. The grooves aren't grabbing as effectively. So launch goes up, spin is coming down, and when that golf ball lands on the green, it's releasing a little bit. So instead of that nice drop and stop, at 75 rounds of play in the conditions we were testing, we saw the golf ball roll out about 18 feet instead of 10. And then when we transitioned to the 125 rounds of play wedge, now that golf ball not only hit 
it didn't one hop and stop. It was one hop, another hop, and a little bit of rollout out to 24 feet. And so this was all done on a robot. This was all done with pretty robust testing where we were doing these. These are all averages we're talking about. Um, but when you think about that in golfer terms, you know, let's think about that go-to wedge, that wedge that has that nice nickel-sized spot, dime-sized spot on it. You know, that's the one you're probably laying up to on a par five, right? That's that precision shot you know you can get close. Well, if you lay up to your favorite number with that go-to wedge that might be a little more worn than the others, um, and you see a front pin, you know, the difference between 10 feet and 24 feet is a good look at birdie versus, man, I, I now hope I, I'm two-putting for par here. And so it's a very real scoring difference for golfers. And you're doing this testing with the same, the same uh, texture, the same green. I mean, if you're going from course to course and you play greens that are a little more hard, your rollout could be even more, correct? Oh, that, that's exactly right. So one of the benefits of Manchester Lane Test Facility is those folks, they decided they were going to build a 100-yard-long green for all rollout and short game testing. It's perfectly flat. They're ideal conditions for doing this type of testing because there's no slope, there's no undulation. So you can basically minimize the amount of variables that can influence your testing. Um, it was relatively firm. It was last September that we ran this testing, so end of summer. Um, but you're right. If you get onto firm, fast greens, um, similar to what our tour players talk about, um, you know, the rollout could be even more. And really, all of this was grounded in what Vogue sees out on tour week after week. As soon as tour players start seeing the launch go up, what they say is, when I hit a wedge and it's not in my window, it's higher than I expect, that's when I, need, I know I need to go see Aaron Dill or Bob and get a fresh set of wedges because I know they're not going to perform on the greens the way I need them to. Yeah, the wedge used to be a real, well, it still is, a prized possession of a golfer. Well, first of all, there only used to be one of them, right, the sand wedge. <laughs> and back in the day, it was, like, it was like a prized putter. I remember Gary Player saying, uh, if it's between my putter and my wife, I'll tell my wife I'm going to miss her. And it's kind of the same thing with, with the wedge. But but nowadays, like you said, you've taken this to the tour. I've read where the tour players, they're not hesitant to change these things out. Jordan will change out his 60, uh, what, about about every couple tournaments? Yeah, so Jordan, um, he'll tend to change out that lob wedge um, probably a half dozen times a year. And I think, you know, there's a couple things we can learn from tour players the first is you're exactly right. They, they won't necessarily be afraid to get fresh grooves because they recognize the performance opportunity of fresh grooves. But I also think it's important to realize that those guys, they don't come in looking for different options every time. Once that player's been fit into the right loft, the right bounce, or the right grind, they come in to Aaron Dill and they say, hey, Aaron, um, I need a new set of wedges. I need a new 60. So Jordan comes in. He goes, I need a new 60-04 L grind. You know, he's not messing around with the loft bouncer grind. He's just getting an exact replica. And that's why the consistency and quality of the wedge is so critical. And that's why we, for example, 100% inspect every groove on every head so that you know if you come back, you're getting the exact same wedge that you love, you know, that old reliable the soul and the turf interaction is going to be the same. You're just going to get all the benefits of fresh grooves. The other thing we can learn from tour players is they don't replace all their wedges at once. It's not a wholesale change. Um, a guy like Jordan um, really represents, you know, part of the average. He might replace his lobber more than average, 
Um, but what Bob tells us about wedge replacement is on average, a tour player follows the 4-3-2-1 rule. He'll replace his lob wedge four times per year, their sand wedge three times per year, the gap wedge twice per year, and if they play a Vokey design pitching wedge or the set pitching wedge, they might replace that one only once per year. And that's an indicator to us that not all wedges wear out at the same rate. And so it's really important to understand how do I use my wedges? Which one's the one I warm up with? Which one's my go-to wedge or my bunker club? Those are the clubs that are going to wear out more quickly. You know, so when folks see this research, um, it's really important to recognize the message here is not go out and get four new wedges. The message here is it's important to play your best to understand how your wedges perform and make sure you have a trusted advisor, someone you can go to, you know, whether you're going into a worldwide golf shop on their launch monitor, just test the spin so that you understand what's going to happen. And you may find that, you know, hey, my go-to 60, I need to look at a new wedge there, but the 56 and 52 are in great shape. And you mentioned that the the test results, you can find a lot of this on the Leading Edge blog at blog.worldwidegolfshops.com and also on Titleist site is that as well, correct? Yeah, so what we went ahead and did is we shared a majority of this research on Vokey.com. So if you go on to Vokey.com, um, you'll see an opportunity to learn about, you know, groove wear and spin performance. And so uh, if you go to Vokey.com slash spin dash performance, you'll see all of our research and all of the impacts on um, what exactly happens. We also have a half dozen tour players talking about when they replace their wedges, why they replace their wedges. So we've got guys like Jordan Spieth and Jimmy Walker and Adam Scott, Webb Simpson, all talking about, you know, here's what I look for in my wedges, and, and here's where I think about replacing them. Uh, you know, I love Adam Scott's story. He says, you know, there's no coincidence that there are four majors per year, and I replace my wedges about four times per year because I know – that in the most demanding tournaments of the year, I need peak performance. So there's a lot of great content there, um, and I know that on, on your blog, Leading Edge blog, we're going to share some of that data with you guys as well. And so there's a lot of great places to learn about what happens when a groove wears out, and we think there are a lot of golfers that are really fascinated and interested in how their wedges are going to perform. Well, Jeremy, this is very, very interesting stuff, a lot to digest, but certainly, like you said, first of all, go to the eye test to your clubs, but then also go and get on the launch monitor and check your spin rate. Yeah, so they're certainly, they're kind of, we look at three key indicators here. You know, the best way to do it is find a, find a location with a launch monitor, and you know, the reality is this may not have been as easy five years ago, but the prevalence of launch monitors these days in both off-course shops and on-course greengrass shops, they're kind of everywhere. They're pretty easy to find. That's the best way to measure your spin rate because the launch monitor will tell you. Um, but the three indicators that you can look for on the golf course are launch. Is your club launching a little higher than you expected? Um, are you no longer able to hit that low one-hop and stop shot? Um, that's an indicator. So higher launch is one indicator of worn grooves. Um, golf balls rolling out more, just like we talked about in our testing. That's a second indicator. And the third indicator is because the golf ball's rolling up the face and launching higher, um, it actually doesn't have the same carry yardage. And that's a result of loft. You know, we're used to drivers saying, oh, low spin is going to give me more distance. Well, that's because there's not a lot of loft on a driver. When you get into higher lofted clubs, 
less spin actually results in less carry because the golf ball goes up more than it goes forward. And so now all of a sudden, if your stock 100-yard shot is only going 95 and you felt like you nipped it pretty good, that could be a result of worn grooves and that golf ball's launching um, not at the optimal launch and spin that you need for that carry yardage. So there's a couple of things you'll notice on the golf course um, that are good indicators as well. Boy, Jeremy, you gave us a lot to think about. Thank, hey, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to catch up with you guys. As always, you're doing great things out there, you and Voke and, the, and your team. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's hook up again soon. Tom, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to be here. Boy, that's good stuff. Again, from uh, Jeremy Stone at Titleist. The three things you can notice other than the eye test with wear is checking out your launch, checking the rollout, and then your carry yardage, if that's suffering as well. You might, it might be time to take a look at it. Again, check out the Leading Edge blog here and also avoki.com. It may be time to replace those wedges. Well, thanks, as always, to Jeremy Stone, one of our regulars here on Golf Better, and to you, our listeners, and we'll do it again next time when we have another episode of Golf Better at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone. Thank you.